0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands podcast. At Highlands, we believe in leading you into a growing relationship with Jesus and equipping you to have a life full of purpose as you build your faith. We can't wait for you to join us next weekend. But for now, enjoy this message from our communicators. Welcome to church. So good, isn't it? So amazing to be in the house of God when you really, really think about the things that God has done for us, and today we are incredibly blessed here to have Valerie and Michael with us. Uh, I've known these guys, I was trying to work it out, I think I've known you for 27 years, which is really strange because you only look 30, and uh, it's uh, (laughs) a... And uh, Michael and I have spent a lot of time together. We pastored next to each other in Sydney. Uh, Michael ran a church down there which is, was known as Grove Center, then Shire, is now known as Horizon Church, uh, where Scott Morrison fellowships. And uh, it's just, these guys are the real deal. They've, they've done ministry for years. They're, they're now helping pastors all around the world. I'm on a call with Michael every week, a coaching call, where we connect over the uh, wonderful thing called Zoom. With pastors all around the world, Uh, and I'm incredibly blessed by this man as he's been an incredible blessing to us as a church, but for me personally, incredible blessing. So why don't you welcome Michael as he comes today? Thanks, mate. Hey, Highlands, how you doing? Doing good.
1: You look fantastic, actually, and you came to worship this morning. That's amazing. Well, um, the honour I gotta say is all mine, and. we pinch ourselves um, that we get to um, to to come alongside uh, our heroes, and that is lead senior lead and lead pastors all over the world. And uh, and it's just an honor to have you, Ken, someone of such um, you know uh, impeccable leadership gift uh, and and deep experience like you have. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know you know this, but. Um, you, you, there's a lot of pastors that love people, but they they really struggle to be strategic leaders. There are some strategic leaders as pastors that aren't all that fond of people. Um, how many know you've got a good one, right? And who's got both? And uh, so we're honoured. So I just really appreciate the 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 privilege that it is. I know um, that you know this you, you, you and 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 Pastor Doug. Don't let this pulpit go, um, you know, just quickly. And I want you to know that I feel like I've got a word in my heart um, that's going to really bless uh, people today. But thank you. I really appreciate the, the privilege. Um, I watched your message, Pastor Doug, from last week in order to get, I think it was last week, uh, the start of the series, or was that? A, yeah, to, to get a, a bit of a flow here. Dude, you can preach. My gosh, it was a great. I feel intimidated coming up after that, um, and uh, and just and I'm going to flow in today with the insight and foresight series. Um, uh, I'm not here to kind of do my own thing. I want to help to add what is already happening in this place. And wow, there's just a spirit of excellence stamped all over this place. And uh, you know. Uh, you can be very proud to bring your friends into an environment not like this, not just technically, but uh, you know, Valerie and I, we do go to lots of churches, particularly pre-COVID. We were in a basically a different church every week. Um, some we worked with long term, some short term, and uh, so we see a lot of churches, and this has a touch on it, um, and uh, and so we're particularly. Delighted to be here. Great to have my partner in crime here of 38 years, Valerie. And uh, we've done this journey. Uh, we partner in this ministry called Leaderscape and uh, we've been alongside each other um, for all of those years. It's amazing when you've been married for a number of years. Um, you know, you just you pick up some good habits, some bad habits, and so forth. Um, one of the things that Valerie claims that from time to time, that I I fall into um, is that I. It's hard to say. I I I I snore sometimes. Just <laughs> now, I have no proof of that. Um, I've 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 asked for proof, but none came. So I I I don't know whether it's true or not. I don't guess she's making it up. Um, she's saying that particularly when I have dairy or ice cream late at night uh, which you know the odd time might happen um, that I snore so we're in we're in the Netherlands we did quite a bit of work in Europe and uh, and Holland particularly and I came across this little um, little gold mine really it's called Snorstop, Snorstop. And and I, because I'm a, a husband that wants to please my wife, I thought if I can stop this snoring, she may actually stay with me for another thirty odd years. And so, so I thought rather than go live like when I'm going to bed, I'll give it a bit of a shot, just me, you know, like just do a bit of a dry run or something. And uh, it's you can you may be able to see it. It, it's, it's, it looks like a little fire extinguisher with a little uh, kind of you know thing like that. So I was just by myself, right? Um, uh, so and, I, and I put it up my nose and, and, and I nearly blew my inside of my head out. <laughs> I thought, no wonder you don't snore. You've got nothing in there to snore with, right? And then I read the instructions. It says, spray it in your throat. <laughs> so when we think about insight and foresight, we are going to turn to the maker's instructions and we're gonna try and play it down the line, right? Uh, We're not gonna mess with it, we're not going to uh, compromise it, we're not going to allow our hearts and minds to be clouded. Uh, Liz, thank you for your amazing little message and encouragement for all of us, all of us to be in community. And I, you know, I cannot tell you enough when I was a brand new Christian, Pastor Brian Houston, I won't try and do the gravelly voice. That would be maybe a little bit uh, lacking honour. Um, but he he tagged me as a, I've been a Christian, I, I guess maybe 12 months, not even that maybe. And he said, I want you to run a home fellowship group as we used to call them back in the day. And I was like freaked out because I hardly had read the Bible. And... Uh, and and so Valerie and I, she she had been back in the day a classically trained guitarist. In fact, have you got a classical guitar, honey? Would you like to come and just do some? No, sorry. <laughs> um, and so I gave her her guitar and said, "You're my worship leader," and we did this this connect group. And uh, and I, I, you know, I didn't know that sometimes it doesn't grow. And I would fast every Tuesday so that I didn't send anyone to hell with my heresy. And I would have my book splayed out in the lounge room floor on Monday night, preparing a word for the group. And uh, it's fantastic, but it doesn't all go as planned. We were, when I was uh, executive pastor for Pastor Brian, uh, he was in London at the time. And I came to a, uh, in fact, I was, I was coming home from a meeting. I don't know what it was, but anyway, and I heard on Talkback Radio that out in our area, there was a church that had messed up big time. They created a public nuisance um, and it had occurred you know, in a home. And, I'm, and I actually was a bit indignant. I'm like, we, like you guys do, we work very hard to build bridges with the community. And here's these idiots <laughs> kind of blowing it all up. And so, you know, I finally stopped huffing and puffing, went to sleep, had a prayer meeting the next morning. And as I ended the prayer meeting, a young youth pastor had come up to me and she said, Pastor Michael, can I talk to you? I said, Sam, sure, what's up? And she said, uh, did you hear a story? I said, oh gosh, those idiots. She said, Pastor Michael, those idiots is us. And I said, Sam, what happened? And she said, Well, we were trying to do the right thing because it's a middle class area and, you know, the kids kind of, some are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And, and we realized that the, the, the persecuted church, they have horrible things. And so we kind of simulated that a little bit. I said, What'd you do, Sam? She said, Well, when we were worshiping, uh, please don't do this at home. Uh, and and they, we had a couple of guys turn up and they might have had balaclavas on and they might have come in and, and, you know, tied the kids up and took them away. I said you'd have what? She said, yeah, yeah. And and unfortunately, all the kids were like rolling their eyes like, oh, really? Come on, you know. One young nervy girl didn't get the joke and she escaped behind a hedge and the local kind of uh, sticky beak or, you know, Dory Evans, who knew everyone's business, happened to be looking out the window. Her eyes met Dory's and she beckoned her to safe Hoven. They rang triple O and within 15 minutes, there were 21 squad cars and pole air dispatched to the area. I said, thanks for that, Sam. And uh, I was on the media every day trying to, you know, for the next couple of days, trying to, trying to hose this thing down. Our lovely Dorie Evans thought she saw something. Her insight was somewhat tarnished. When she thought she saw it, what she believed, she acted accordingly and our foresight was very much impaired. I'm a bit of a fan of the little glass cleaners. I actually carry them. We have this little running joke. Uh, Valerie says, have you got one of those little glass cleaners? And I always, and I say, always. And uh, because I hate fogginess, right? I hate fogginess. But I've got to say, there have been times in my life and ministry where I've been looking through spiritually foggy glasses. You, you nailed that last week, Pastor Doug, as you, you preached that. And so I want, to re- I want to help remove I think one of the things that that maybe is is, is strongest at causing fogginess um, there's a There's a fair bit of media when I first met Valerie, I was saying to the first service she had her Qantas flight attendant uniform on. she flew with Qantas International and uh, and you know, she, I must say, cut quite a beautiful frame in the Qantas uniform. Uh, I was a brand new Christian, so I said, uh, Heavenly Father, dost thou uh, approve of Spirit of God? I can feel something right now. I think it may be you, may not be, but I wanna get to know her. But what else I also noticed about the Qantas uniform was it smelt of smoke. And you'll be happy to know, Valerie gave up smoking months ago now and uh, she's smoke-free. But the reason for that, of course, and some of you have been flying for a number of years would know this to be the case, some airline official had a really smart idea. We're gonna have a smoking section and a non-smoking section. How many, how many remember those days? And and so, of course, what happened was from the smoking section, when the smoke started to drift down, there was a wall where the smoke would not go any further because it knew it was not allowed to go into that part of the plane. (laughs) You might be in the smoke-free section of COVID in Toowoomba, but I promise you, you are still flying around in a metal tube on a thing called Earth. And the COVID, not only physically, but there is a whole stack of COVID of the soul. That blah kind of thing that can start to get permeating into your heart if you are not careful. Um, You know, our, our, our soul was not designed to be a receptacle of fear. Our soul was designed to be a receptacle of faith. When Adam and Eve were 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 fashioned were created by God they were in the perfect utopic situation intimately connected with him whether he was actually there right then, or they were just cruising around the garden by themselves, uh, no clothes on, didn't worry, there was no shame. Uh, They had faith that He was right there, that His grace was sufficient, His favour was on them, and their hearts were full of faith. What happened, of course, as they disobeyed Him, separation came. And we read in Genesis chapter 3, that God was out cruising for an afternoon stroll and he said, uh, and, and, and he, Adam said, uh, he said, where are you, Adam? He knew exactly where he was. He was asking Adam to answer that question for himself. Where are you, Adam? And Adam said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Fear entered when separation occurred. I wanna put it to you that the greater degree of intimacy you feel with God, like for reals, not, not just the rhetoric, not just like, you know, who made the world? God made the world. Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. I'm talking about for real. The more intimate you walk with Jesus, the more fear will have no hold in your heart. The more separation is there. And while I'm at it, at the end of the service, Um, I've got a pretty solid message today. So I reckon we'll be out of here by about two this afternoon. Um, At the end of the service, just in a little while, I'm gonna pray for everyone here who says, Michael, you know what? Though I've been on this journey for some time, or maybe you've been bought by a friend. Maybe you saw something of Highlands online. You thought, wow, that, Pastor Ken, Pastor, they can really preach. I wanna come and be part of the in the room. We are, we are so grateful you're here. You are so welcome here. So whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time, there are some here, and I don't need to be a prophet to know this, and right now, if you're honest, you're separate from God. There's a separation in your heart. You're kind of doing your own thing. You, you believe God is there, but you're living as if He's not you feel like your soul has got a Velcro cover for fear. And rather than walking free, you're kind of walking a bit intimidated. Your inside is impaired. You don't actually know what to do in the here and now. And your foresight is definitely impaired as the fear of the future sometime encroaches on your heart. I wanna to today, I wanna to deal with three Honestly, foolproof, antidotes to that. We're gonna unpack that. And, and, and if fear entered the world when separation was there, the greatest fear, of course, which happens when we're separate from God, is death and the ultimate death. And so come with me to the book of Romans chapter seven. Romans seven seventeen says, for if by one man's offence, death, the ultimate fear, reigned, through the one, much more those who receive three things, the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Christ Jesus. And I've got a third I wanna put in there as a bonus. If death entered, which is the ultimate fear, by one man's offence, basically, he, the, the, Paul is saying to the Romans, the abundance of grace, And the gift of righteousness entered through Jesus, another man, uh, in order that we might reign in life, opposite of death. I want to pray right now and just ask God to help us. You say, Well, you've you've wasted a whole lot of time before you prayed. Yeah, I forgot to do it at the front end. So give me give me some slack. (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord, as we turn and break open your word, Lord, I pray for the hearts of all of our understanding to be opened. Lord, I I mix your Word with faith and my prayer is that these precious men and women of God would do the same. Lord, we we are believing for nothing less than an encounter with you this morning around your Word. We commit it to you now in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, when babies um, are are, are around, Doug and, and, and Beck's little one who I met yesterday. Right now, how, five months, is it? So, so there's only two fears in his little heart. And that is the fear of, oh, we won't do it, but loud noises <laughs> and the fear of falling. That's all we have as kids. Now, there was a research exercise done a decade or two ago with 500 adults and it was a fear research exercise. And what they deduced from that research exercise is that the adults combined had amassed a total of 7,000 fears. So the title of my message today in the context of Insight and Foresight is 6,998 fears. So, so, so I'm not saying... That, per, that person is here today who's got all of those, but I'm talking about corporately in humanity. Some fear of closed spaces, fear of open spaces, fear of flying, fear of death, fear of failure, fear of man, fear of the future, fear of financial ruin, fear, 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 fear. And frankly, the media has learnt very cleverly to trade in that thing. So make no mistake, we have an enemy and I'm not saying the media is the devil, not at all, but they are operating as a tool to undermine the faith that God has put in our hearts. And so when we see, uh, when, we, when, we, when we're supposed to be prophetically hearing what God has to say in the here and now, that is clouded so often by fear, 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 fear. When we, and COVID has done this to a lot of people, a lot of pastors, quite frankly, where you get buffeted around a little bit and you used to have a really broad horizon that was like, wow, that's the future and it's great. And bit by bit, as disappointment happens, as lack starts to kick in, as fear starts to kick in, your horizon shrinks. I know there is people in this room that have forgotten how to believe God and you are existing. And I wanna, I wanna speak to you today with the prophetic Word of God about the amazing dreams that God once put in your heart. I wanna remind you from heaven's perspective that every dream, every prayer that you have ever prayed, every possibility that you've ever got in heaven has not changed one little iota. I like that word, iota. God is, God is not in heaven going, Gabriel, what the heck are we gonna do? COVID's hit. Gabriel, quick, quick, quick. Pull pull in, pull in the horizons. I know, I know, I know. My word says flourishing, thriving. Come on, hang that, Gabriel. Let's help them to survive. Not one little bit. God's not a bit intimidated. By COVID, masks, distance, vaccines. Not speaking against any of those things necessarily. What I'm saying is that the the more damage even than COVID of your body is COVID of the soul. Those fears can be very real and the ultimate fear of death, of course. Jesus so pines for your presence. I woke up. Yesterday, I think it was. I woke up every day, generally. (laughs) (coughs) Thank you, Jesus. Um, I woke up yesterday. I buried my dad two months ago, and his 92 good innings for the, formerly played for St. George and, and, and and, and West in NRL, back in the 50s. Loved his footy, my dad. And I woke up pining for one more game with him to watch St. George. It's the weirdest thing. Like, not that we used to talk when we watched all that much. In fact, you couldn't really talk when the footy was on. Well, his dad would sort of bark or growl at you a bit. But just being there, I just wanted his presence. And I thought, man, that's my dad. He's doing okay. He's in heaven. Jesus says, hey, can you pine for my presence? Because all of this that I'm about to share with you happens as you just bask in His presence. Now, there may be some of you that are new on this this God journey. You've just started kicking the, 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 the tin of relationship with Jesus down the road, and it's all new. But I promise you, there is something, there's a sweet spot, there's a place where, where you can sense God's presence. We are not those that believe that the Trinity is Father, Son and Holy Scriptures. The Scriptures, we revere the Word of God but the Trinity is the Father with all of His love. The Son who won grace for us and the Holy Spirit that wants to presence Himself actively with you every day. And when you, you can't be in the presence of the greatness of God and be overwhelmed with fear. Those things are mutually exclusive. And I and I wanna bring a couple of challenges and also a bit of vulnerability, if I may, about, about my journey in even understanding some of the verses that I wanna unpack. You know, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, uh, had a bit of religious background, um, but I was a wild boy. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem so long ago that I was rolling out of bars at 3am in the morning, Five nights a week, just onkastapukul, just a mess. Just, just the world was spinning and it wasn't the world. And uh, when I, I nearly got killed, actually, I was driving a car under the influence by myself, fortunately, and I flipped it and should have been absolutely curtains and I had a little scratch on my back. Um, and I then started a very serious search. Um, and I don't say that out of fear, but I say it out of a sense of maybe empathy, that, that I, I, I love what Jesus has done in my life. I, 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 I couldn't spell responsible back in the day, let alone live it. So you might be here and you, and, you, and you feel like you've lost your grip on Jesus. In about 10 minutes, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna invite everyone to pray that prayer, but I'm actually praying it for you. We're gonna pray it together. If you say, Michael, just between us, I've, I've lost something of my intimacy with Jesus. I feel like my heart's gone cold or a bit dry. And I, I am one that's very subject to fear. Um, and and you're in the right place, we're so glad you're here. And so if you can just be thinking about that and I'll give you an opportunity to acknowledge that and we're gonna pray together, is that okay? So, so, so here we see this powerful verse that says that one through one Adam death entered, and the and through the other one. We, and here we see the first one of these antidotes to fear. It says um, the abundance of God's grace. The abundance of God's grace. Um, come with me to John chapter one, and I want to I want to share a verse that I really did not understand for a long time. Now. Um, disclosure here, I was brought up in a Catholic background, not against Catholics, mum and dad still involved, a couple of brothers and sisters, but I'm just saying there was a sense in which we understood that the cross was real and that was the forgiveness of sins and there was sacraments and, and, and church attendance, otherwise that was a sin and there was, there was this kind of hybrid deal of grace and works. Some of you might be brought up in another, maybe a Lutheran background, and you think, well, we had a bit of that too. And, and I think humanity is always in their religious expression subject to, yeah, we, we get it, God, thanks for all you've done, but I know I've got to do a bit too. And that's where I was at. And, and it has grave implications in terms of hearing the voice of God, because if you're on edge about whether you are in God's favour or not, then, then that, will, that will actually cloud your ability to hear from Him. Um, John chapter 1, verse 14, it's, a, it's an oldie bit of goldie for many of you. It says, The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son of God, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, you know the one, some of you, you know the one? So, so here's what I did with that. And you might've heard someone say at one stage in your, in your journey, now, now grace is awesome. I believe in grace, but we're still got to make sure we preach the truth, brother. <laughs> and that, that to me sits well with my religious man-made kind of thing. Yeah, grace is good, but listen, we've gotta nail people about their sin. So, so what I'm not saying is that it's never okay to talk about sin. No, I'm not saying that. We are all sinners. But I'm saying that it's not your works that in any case are gonna get you anywhere. So, so full of grace and truth. I thought those things were kind of opposite sides of the same coin or, or almost two different coins. But if we come down to verse 17, we read, that the law was given through Moses grace but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ so grace is not juxtaposed to law truth sorry grace and truth are juxtaposed to the law of Moses very big difference in fact the word came grace and truth came is a verb that's looking for a single subject So what I'm saying is it's grace and truth. Truth is grace and grace is truth versus the law of me doing it in my own strength. Does that make sense, the distinction? And here's the implications of that. When you understand that God has got an ocean of grace for you, not just a thimble or a, a coffee mug, then you can approach every aspect of life knowing He has your back. Knowing the favor of God is upon you, so the first antidote to fear that will compromise your ability to hear from God in the now or hear from God in the next insight and foresight is the abundance of God's grace. Everyone say it together: the abundance of God's grace. Come on, say it one more time with meaning. What? The abundance of God's grace. The abundance. When God talks about abundance, He's talking abundance. It's God-sized abundance, right? This is Paul writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It goes on and says, the gift of righteousness. It strikes at the same chord. You see, righteousness, bit of a bit of a God word if you're new to, these, uh, to this whole journey. But the, but the word righteousness literally means I am in right standing with God. God gives me a thumbs up because of what Jesus has given. It's a gift not something i earn. And so that's the second antidote. If you understand and've got a an insight on the revelation of the abundance of God's grace and the fact that righteousness is a gift, then you are well on the way to creating a Teflon soul where fear slides off. It's a receptacle of faith. Come with me finally to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. We read here, God is love, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how we, love is made complete or perfect among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. What I say was the ultimate fear and that is the final death. But the Bible says when we understand the, the, the completion of Or the perfection of God's love, we will have boldness in the day of judgment. There'll be no intimidation or shaking in our boots at the throne of God because we understand the lavishness of God's love. But it goes on, and this is a bit challenging. It says, So there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So, in other words, when you have a revelation of the fullness of God's love, then fear cannot stand. Let me flip that over for a challenge. If fear is driving your life, it's probable, and I just read it, that you don't have an understanding of how complete and full God's love is. Come on. Come on. You may be on that treadmill that says I don't love God enough. Many people, when I talk, how are you going? How's your walk with you? Oh, I'm not a very good Christian. Well, take your ticket, dude. None of us are. That's why Jesus came get on the end of the queue of the really bad Christians if it's up to you. So again, I wanna read that. It says fear, there's torment in fear. Fear's horrible. So often we've become so accustomed to fear in our lives, we actually think it's normal. We've actually seen seeing through the lens of fear as Pastor Doug said in his message last week, it's like, it's like it's the, the glasses are all fogged up, or your dad, when you talked about the fact that he was at the footy or something, and just for a joke, put on someone's glasses and realised that he hadn't been able to see all these years. It's like that when fear is there, we, we, it so becomes normal. And, and when fear is resident in our hearts, your ability to hear from God in the now or hear from God for the future, hear from God insight-wise or hear from God foresight-wise is compromised. The road back is actually acknowledging that. It may be that you've been compromised because of separation from God. It may be you've been compromised in that regard because of a distance that's developed between you and He. I I tipped you off earlier on. We're gonna go there right now. I wanna ask you an honest straight question, not about the person next to you, but about you. Where is your relationship with Jesus Christ at right now? Do you know that you know that you know that His abundant grace is yours? The gift of righteousness is yours, that His love is got is ocean's of lavishness for you. If you go, oh, yeah, I kind of, I prayed that prayer. No, 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 what's happening now? Because now would be as good a chance as ever to be able to say, I wanna acknowledge that. I'm gonna arrest that right now. And in that, I tell you, perfect love casts out all fear. And so from the front to the back, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you simply to acknowledge if what I'm saying to you is resonating with your heart and right now there's a distance between you and God, you might've been... You know, you might have been on this journey, Christian journey, for for longer than me. You might have been in it 45 years. You might say, well, I've been in the way 50 years. Well, I'm just inviting you to get out of the way right now and let God do what He wants to do. You might be a brand new believer. You might be someone that prayed the prayer a year ago, but right right now you're bumping along the bottom. Your choice. You can stay there and walk out the same way you came in or you can acknowledge that and pray a revolutionary prayer that will radically shift your heart back into an intimate connection with Him. Could you close your eyes right across the house? I'm gonna simply count to three. When I hit three, I'm gonna invite you to confidently and boldly lift your hand in the air, if that's you. If you say, Michael... I'm distant from God right now. I've never known what it is to make that decision for Him or I prayed the prayer some time ago, but, but right now uh, I, I've, I've slipped away, I've slipped away. When I hit three, right across the house, no matter how you, who you are, how you got here, how long you've been journeying, I wanna see your hand. One, Jesus Christ died for you to win forgiveness of your sin and therefore everything that might separate you and God. Two. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. When you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Don't diss Him, but respond to Him. Here here we go. When I hit three, from the front to the back on either side, if that's you, put your hand straight up in the air, just long enough and high enough for me to acknowledge it, then you can put it down. Here we go. If that's you, lift it up now. Three, right across the house. God bless you. Yes, strong looking man there in the middle. Lovely lady here in the brown jacket. Yes, yes, God bless you. Others here, if that's you, lift it up right now. Let God be God in your life. He's here right now and He wants to minister to you. God bless you, lovely lady there, about five rows back. Who else? You say, Michael, that's where I'm at. I need to get my life. I wanna acknowledge that right now. And I wanna come back into that sweet spot. Just one more time, if that's you and you haven't raised your hand now, but you want to. I just sense restraint from the Holy Spirit to just push on because I believe that there's a couple of people and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Lift it up. God bless you, darling. Who else? Right at the back there. Uh, God bless. You're the one I was waiting for. Highlands, can we just give those people a really great encouragement? Come on. A really great encouragement. Pray this prayer after me, just line by line. Let's not pray it as some muted little thing. Let's pray with boldness, with gusto right now, particularly if you raise your hand, but we're all gonna pray with you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You right now in the name of Your Son, Jesus. I acknowledge my need of You. From my heart with my mouth, I confess You as my Lord and my Saviour. I thank You for taking my sin on that cross and I receive Your forgiveness right now. In Jesus' Name, Amen and Amen. One more time, why don't we thank God for those people that are responding to the Lord. He's won the abundance of grace for you. He's given you the gift of righteousness. And there's a completion and perfection of the lavish love of God in your life. God is always speaking. Responding in faith, not fear, is gonna invite that prophetic voice to kick in in your heart in the now and the next I've loved bringing the Word to you today. Thank you so much for your hungry hearts and your responsiveness. Honestly, I can't wait for uh, this evening's service. Thanks again, Pastor Ken. God bless you.
0: Thank you again for joining. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. For more resources and to connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and our website.